I did um, like a speech on a smart conversation uh, at an architecture conference in Mexico 2019. Mm -hmm. And there I give examples on sounds that trigger our fight and flight response from the scream of a baby to an alarm clock to the sound of New York's fire trucks, believe it or not. <laughs> so explain for us then what, why sound and what is sound? So I love that you did that. I'm sure that that was a really fun presentation because we have fun with it as well. And a lot of, as I talk about this, a lot of my language is going to go back to your friend and mine, Joe Sauer at, at Sentient Decision Sciences, because we partner on a lot of our work together. And that um, those sounds that you just talked about, those primal sounds, those instinctual sounds were the basis for our emotional scale and how we still rank short form sounds to this day in terms of subconscious emotional appeal. So how do they make you feel? Um, Joel Beckerman, who's the founder of our company, wrote a book called The Sonic Boom, How Sound Transforms the Way You Think, Feel, and Buy. And he talked a lot about the, the, the primal relationship between humans and sound. And if you think about it, it's just a, you can hear farther than you can see. Um, especially, I don't know about you, I'm 5'3". I can definitely <laughs> hear farther say, than I can see. <laughs> I can't see very far. Um, <laughs> so that idea of how that sound has to bypass the, the and go right to the limbic part of your brain, the emotional fight or flight um, or fawn response part of your brain to for you to be safe, to be fed, for your offspring, offspring to be safe is, is really interesting. And it's one of the reasons why we get such a significant impact from two to three seconds of sound um, at the end of a commercial or at the end of a radio ad, that just that little bit of sound changes what you perceived of the message that came before it. Yeah, I mean, sound, as we say it, we, we, can't close, we can close our eyes, but we can't close our ears. And it right. comes from, as I was explaining in my speech, in terms of like, if there, any danger would have happened, the air is always awake to, to, to be tricked and, and, and figure out what to do next. And, and for me, I mean, it made me realize, for example, I have difficulties flying and I, it's hard for me to fall asleep. And I know it's, I've learned more and more, it's that because my ears are like waiting for, to hear like an alarm or something happening that makes me like, I can't relax. Mm -hmm. And another mm -hmm. thing is, uh, I actually grew up in Iran during the Iraq and Iran war. And even today I have difficulties with the sound of fireworks. And also when I was in London, uh, before uh, Prince William was getting married, they were going to have these like flights, you could go to the Buckingham Palace, and I was just like, uh, uh, I don't like those sounds. And it must be then that when I was young, I was exposed to those sounds that even today, that uh, I can't handle it, it gives me stress. Yeah, it translates as danger. And um, there's two points I wanted that are interesting. Something else you and I have in common is fear of fireworks for very different reasons. And uh, that experience is so um, deep. And I wanna take a, a moment to honor that as well and what you went through as a child and that mm -hmm. and um, how childhood uh, trauma can impact you moving forward differently. I was hit by a firework. Mm. So I also hate the sound of fireworks. Um, good instinctual lesson that that stop, drop and roll thing kicks in right away. 
um, when you are actually on fire. But I have a similar sort of reaction to that, although that happened in my early 20s. And what's really interesting about the pandemic and you know, one of the a side effect of data, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit about brands and data in the pandemic, but I shared with you that um, the highest tested sound on our scale as of 2017 was baby laughter. And it always tested way above everything else. And we can understand all the primal reasons that from an emotional appeal perspective, baby laughter, is very appealing to humans because it means health, it means um, the continuation of the species, it, it means happiness. Um, for the first time in the pandemic, the score of baby laughter came down. And we were, we, we kind of accidentally discovered that and we're like, oh, that's stressful. Like people are just in a different place right now where the amount of time that they are spending with their families and particularly with their children has a different, has a different meaning to it. Mm. Um, the, the, the lowest tested uh, sound we've ever tested is a pain scream. And that stayed exactly where it's supposed to be, all the way down at the bottom. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not all darkness, but we look forward to continuing to track that and see if as um, society moves forward from this, does that change? Do we, do we go back to a place of, of loving the sound of baby laughter more than, more than the sound of American Express, which tested higher? Yeah, yeah. So. it's in interesting because it's very much context related and what's happening in now the situation we are in, in in right now and it's also then we're going to talk about that but for brands to understand that the sound they choose the, the first seconds or with that visual whatever they're trying to communicate it will stay more one way or another mm -hmm.